not just a belief of mine. It's a real knowing. Knowing that we can take what we love to do, whether it's baking, sewing, painting, whatever lights you up, then we can take that skill and make a great income doing exactly what we love to do. As author of What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60, discovering your core and also your gift is your niche, it has been my life's work to help others, just like you and me, to discover passions, your purpose, powerful messages that you only you have so they can make the difference they were put here to make. Every week I will have deep, rich conversations with real life people that believe just like me. And here's what they believe. When you do what you love in a career, you will never work another day in your life. And this is the way I like to say it. When passion, purpose, and profit collide, that is when you get paid for being you. I'm Patricia Noldrain. Welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. When Passion Meets Profit, I'm Patricia Noel Drain, your host for this episode, and I love doing these podcasts because I get to meet really cool people like Caitlin Carlson, who's coming on today with us. And one of the things I wanted to tell you today, this is something I'm just trying. I don't know Caitlin. I'm, di- I'm going to get to know her just like you are on this call. She's wonderful. She's a mama. She has a seven-month-old, so if that's anything... We love Russell, and so I'm glad that she's with me today. We titled this, Build Wealth Alongside the Growth of Your Company. And I think that's such a cool title because it's what Caitlin does. So I'm going to learn right along with you as we go down this path together. Welcome on the call, Caitlin. Thank you, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so so wonderful to have you. Now, Caitlin... I kind of don't know what you mean with this title. So I really, really want to delve into that first. What do you mean by building wealth alongside the growth of your company? That's a great question. So one thing that's really important when it comes to starting a business, and this may sound counterintuitive, but is beginning with the end in mind. And so when I'm working with my clients, I ask them, what they started their business for, and what they envision the end looking like. And it's a question that tends to throw a lot of people off because Mm. you think, you know, I I just started this and thinking about the end just seems, it seems very premature. But it's so important for a few reasons. One of them is because if you're a business owner, you know, speaking of babies, that your business is like your baby. Mm And it is something that you care so much about. You want to give it everything you can to see it grow, including all of your cash flow, if you let that happen. And so it can be very hard to build personal wealth. And by that, I mean financial independence away from the company when your company is demanding so much, both in your time and in cash. And so it's really important to look at where you're taking things and look at the end. And the reason why that's important is because your business is either going to be sellable, you'll have something to sell at the end of the day, or it's going to be attached to your personal brand. 
And if it's sellable, then we need to factor that into a long-term financial plan for you personally. If it's not sellable, then it's even more important for you to start building personal so that you're not contingent on a sale for long-term goals such as retirement. You know, that is so important what you just said, Caitlin. And I, I really do want everybody to hear this because when I would say to people, I owned an executive recruiting firm in Phoenix for years. And when I would say to people, you have to have an exit strategy because if you're going to sell your executive recruiting firm at the end and they all went, what? I would never sell. This is my baby. That's like selling your child. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I do think a lot like you do, Caitlin, about, you know, the you build it to either sell or you build it to, to not sell, but you better be building personal wealth as you're going. You are so smart. You know, I used to call it an exit strategy for us business owners. And I remember one time, oh, we got right to the table. They were giving this executive recruiting firm a million, a million two for their company. And at the table, the girls both said, we can't do it because we don't know what to do next. We don't even know what our life is without this. Mm. Isn't that so sad? And they had to finally, they both went bankrupt two years later because they couldn't keep it going, couldn't sustain it any longer. And they felt so bad that they didn't take that opportunity. But it's because of really, I, I take the blame. I really didn't work on their plan B with them enough. And that sounds like what you do, Caitlin. Is that true? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. I wish I could emphasize how common that is. Mm -hmm. And so why the reason why I started my company was to bring intention to the entire process, intention mm -hmm. to being a business owner. So, you know, if you go on my website, you'll see under our process page, there are three things that we look at three pillars. So there's the business there's the personal side, there's the financial side, and then there's the personal side. And the personal side is so important to pay attention to, Patricia, for the exact reason that you said. You can get so yeah. consumed by your business yes. that you don't consider things outside of the business. And I've seen so many deals fall through at the last minute because the business owner couldn't walk away. And so mm -hmm. it's really important to be nurturing those three pillars as you go along in your business owner journey. And so, so by that, I mean having, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, well, no, I, I think this is what you said, Caitlin, for the three pillars. You said business, financial, and personal? Yes. Okay. All right. And go ahead with what you were saying then about those. So what I mean by that is you want to run your business in a healthy fashion, and so that means running a profitable business. And if you're running a profitable business, that can translate into a profitable and prospering personal financial life. And if mm -hmm. you have a profitable and prospering personal financial life, that allows you to pursue passions outside of the business, which is healthy because I was a psychology major in college, so it was really interesting to get into this line of work and see that the thing that people really chase after is purpose. And mm -hmm. so as you, if you're a business owner, so much of your purpose is wrapped up in what you do day to day, which is why I start talking to people early in their 30s and 40s about, okay, what, el what else outside of work gives you purpose, gives you meaning? Because the other thing that I saw in my experience 
post-transaction is a lot of people lost their purpose. Mm -hmm. So that's why I emphasize working on those three things together Mm -hmm. because they're all just an organic part of the business owner journey. And if you can be thinking about them earlier in your career, you can do more. It's almost like it's asking less of you at the time. So for example, if you begin with the end in mind when you're 30, you might only have to start putting away, you know, 10 grand or 20 grand a year. If you come to me when you're 60 and you say, okay, I'm worn out, I'm exhausted, I don't want to do this anymore, and you don't have a retirement plan, I might be saying to you, all right, you have to stick it out for another eight to 10 years and you have to start putting $250,000 away. That's Mm -hmm. a vastly more more stressful situation than doing a little bit at a time when you're younger. But you know what? We're not taught that. I'm so glad you're stepping into this role, Caitlin, and taking on that because I, I can't tell you as a business owner myself for all those years, the only reason I looked at the end in mind is because I had somebody come in and want to buy the business at one time. And so I thought I was going to be in a lot of trouble because I took so much money out for a salary. And so I thought they'd hate me. Well, they loved it because they could replace me for $35,000 a year. And I thought that was really creepy of them to tell me that. But but I see now from that point on, that's all I did was look at the end in mind. So you're so smart to do this. And I love, love, love that you took a psychology. That you, Did you say you have your degree in psychology? So I majored in psychology in college. Yes. Yeah, so I, I studied it pretty, pretty in depth. Well, and psychology and money, that must be so interesting to you because money is so personal to us. I mean, I, it's the only reason I got to talk about money all the time is because when they came into my office, I had to say, what kind of a salary are you looking for? But if I sat on a bus with somebody and said, how much money do you make? It would be an insult, you know? (laughs) And so I'm glad you're doing this. Now, Caitlin, what I'm interested in, and by the way, everybody, I do give this one question for sure to everybody because it's a really hard question. You have to think about it. So I'm really anxious to hear your answer to this, Caitlin. Tell us a story about you when you were a little girl that kind of depicts your personality today. (laughs) I love this question, mostly because there is one story in particular that comes to mind. And I actually wasn't even old enough to remember it. My dad told it to me. So I am the oldest of three children. It's me. And then I have a younger brother and a younger sister. And my sister wasn't born at the time. So my dad came back from a business trip and he brought my brother home a Tonka truck. And I looked at my dad and I said, where's mine? And My dad was so surprised. He said, I didn't think that you wanted a Tonka truck. And I said, well, why wouldn't I get a Tonka Tonka truck? And I think that depicts me so well (laughs) because I have always seen myself as being capable of doing and wanting the same thing that a man wants or Mm -hmm. a boy wants. And that continued throughout my childhood. I actually became an ice hockey player. I was one of two girls in my town that played. And so the Tonka truck was really the first example, but I continued 
throughout my childhood and adulthood to think that I could do anything that a man could do. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. And, and I love the ice hockey. You know, that's kind of the, I'm going to prove this to everybody and get into ice hockey just a man. Because that, I, I only played something like that one time and I, it was hurtful. It was painful. <laughs> I had to do a lot of sucking it up and crying in the locker room by myself because I never wanted them to see any <laughs> sense of weakness. Uh, and well, I demanded equal treatment from all my coaches. I demanded. Does that story ever work or what? I mean, <laughs> I, that's the best story, seriously, I've ever heard that goes right to today. Now tell me today with your husband, how does that work? So I love my husband and I love our marriage. We have a partnership marriage. Actually, he's the cook. I am not the cook, but I clean and I'm a great cleaner. So he does all the cooking and I clean up after dinner and I do all the laundry. That's wonderful. You really do have a partnership and that's what every marriage should be for sure. Now, here's a great question. This is the my favorite one to listen to is take us on your passion slash career journey. How did you get to where you are today? And and is it your passion? I mean, how did you go from psychology? And by the way, I do think every one of us should take a psychology class because it tells so much about all of us. Yes. But take us mm -hmm. on that journey, Caitlin. I'm really loving this conversation, aren't you? But I want to talk to those of you who want to go deeper. We all attended school at some time. Maybe you're attending school right now. But inside those schools are teachers that have the responsibility to teach certain courses. But what they don't teach is really the most important thing in life, self-discovery. You know the self-discovery that would help us know what we are supposed to do in a career. And also that self-discovery on how we're supposed to make an income to really take care of our families. Well, I decided a long time ago, it's time for me to share what I know so I can help somebody with a step-by-step -step process that anybody can follow. I created a digital downloadable course called Your Gift is Your Niche because people were asking me all the time, Patricia, what's my niche? And I'd always say, your gift is your niche. So now I created a course called yourgiftisyourniche.com and I spell niche with an N-I-C-H-E and in this very affordable, life-changing course, I walk you through very simple exercises. They'll not only help you find your unique gifts, but they'll also show you how to monetize your talents and skills. You know, the ones you came into this world with. I'm so glad I created something that I, I, don't, even, I don't think, I know it's going to be able to help you in your self-discovery journey because it's a simple six-hour course with action sheets that support everything that I'm saying in the course. And you also get my wonderful book, What Should I Be When I Grow Up Now That I'm 40, 50, 60. That's going to help you also with different exercises in that book. I'm also glad I made it into an, what I call an SPL course. That's a self-paced learning because we all learn in different ways and at different times. I cannot wait for you to get to know the most important person in your life that's you. So go to yourgiftisyourniche.com, N-I-C-H-E, and if this page speaks to you, then seriously, invest in you. It's time to claim your destiny. Now let's get back to the conversation. 
So I can't say that I ever thought that I would end up here. When I first started my career, I thought I would go into corporate and stay in corporate. I began in asset management with Putnam Investments, which is where I met my now husband. And that relocated us down to New Orleans when I switched over to wealth management, which is what I do now. When I moved over to wealth management, it was a pretty rude awakening as to how male-dominated finance continues to be, both in the sense that I experienced a tremendous amount of sexual harassment while I was there, and all of the wealth that I was managing and planning for was with men. I mean, it was all, mm. it was very infrequent that the wife was involved. And I did over 300 financial plans during my time. I was with UBS at the time. And wow. not one of them was for a self-made woman. Wow. And that was just made such an impression on me. And I couldn't believe when I looked back and I thought about it, that I didn't do one plan for a self-made woman. And so... But, you know, I, I always loved working with business owners. I felt like there was something in their DNA where they were just fearless and they were able to create this first generation wealth and they found a belief in themselves. So I wanted to work with business owners, but after the sexual harassment that I had experienced, I was pretty exhausted working in a male dominated industry. And I almost gave up. It actually almost drove me out of the industry completely because I was just at my wit's end with being the minority in that industry. And there was a coach who I ended up hiring and I just loved her. And I thought, I've always just been so passionate about empowering women and as I shared with you, Patricia, I always felt that women were equal to men. Mm -hmm. And I thought mm -hmm. if there's a way that I can get more wealth into the hands of women, then I want to do that. And so I started Theory Planning Partners to help female entrepreneurs grow their personal wealth because it is statistically proven that when wealth is in the hands of women, they enhance the communities around them. And I want to be a part of that mission. So mm. I went from being pretty desperate to find my passion. By 28, I, w I was ready to leave the industry completely. And I almost did. I actually thought about opening a yoga studio, but I had worked so hard for my credentials. Mm -hmm. And I thought, like, I thought, maybe I'll just hang in there. And I'll give it a year, I'll open my own company, and I'll give it a year. And thankfully, in that year, I met that sales coach that I referenced. And she just sparked this whole new chapter of inspiration for me. And so now I absolutely love what I do. I get out of bed every morning and I can't believe that I get to work with awesome, funny, fearless, and passionate women. Okay. That's my favorite story ever. And so now <laughs> I might copy that. Okay. None of it is true about me, but <laughs> I loved it so much, Caitlin, because it's so, it wraps around everything that I talk about all the time and that's get to the core of what really matters to you what's really meaningful to you and that's exactly what you did yes and it was there were some hard hard days in there it, it sounds like a tight story but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. I I actually learned from another woman who I really admire she shared the quote with me never let adversity go to waste 
Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel. I feel like I am taking the experiences that I went through in my 20s, both positive and negative, and I'm not letting it go to waste. I'm making oh. sure that I turn it into a positive impact on the world and a world that I want to be a part of. Oh, Caitlin, you're so cool. So, you know, <laughs> you when I, I, I'm just wondering now, because I love asking this question, did you always feel it was okay to profit with what it is that you knew and how you could empower women? Was that always okay? Or did you have trouble with pricing yourself? So I never felt that it was not okay to make a profit. I've always been interested in money. I've always been interested in how the wealthy think. And I've always been, I'm more driven by mission than I am by money. But money is important too, because I saw at a pretty early age what extraordinary wealth could do. And extraordinary wealth, I mean, you can have influence. You can give to the charities you want to give to. You can live the life of freedom that you want to live. And those are all important things that that I highly value. But I will say that I, I actually had to hire another coach because I wasn't growing my first year. And she was the one that told me that on her first phone call, she said, you don't have an expertise or skill set issue. You have a value and a confidence issue. And that's why you're not growing. Uh-huh. And when she said that to me, I was it was it hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't think that I had a value and a confidence issue, but I did. And mm-hmm. when she pointed that out to me, it was like a light bulb went off. And I thought, I need to do something about this. And I took it seriously. And I started doing the mindset work. And I vowed to myself, I, I just said, I will never go back to that place of devaluing myself and my services. And I think I think it's hard for women in particular. I think women are mm-hmm. so inclined to want to be helpful and to discount yes. their services and do things for free. But the truth of the matter is the best thing that you can do, it's kind of like the oxygen mask, you know, take care mm-hmm. of yourself, take care of your mm-hmm. mindset, take care of your balance sheet. Those are all things that are going to empower you to have a bigger impact in this world. So, you know, and if you don't see yourself as valuable, guess what? Others won't either. So it mm-hmm. starts with you. Yeah, I've always said I can take women, you know, as a business mentor, I can take them so far, but then the confidence, the lack of confidence catches up and and I can't go any further until we break through that barrier. And so I'm so happy that you found that coach that identified it immediately with you. Yes. And it is a constant work in progress. Your mindset is, it's like a plant that needs to be watered. Um, You know, I have, I definitely have confidence. That's a gift that I was given at birth, but I shouldn't. (laughs) So I have confidence in, in the things that, that matter, I guess. But now like, you know, I can't, I don't know how to play basketball. And so I don't have confidence in that arena and I don't know how to do Definitely ice hockey is not my my thing. But I just think there's something that that we're given at birth sometimes that, that just keeps you in a very healthy self-esteem. Uh, and so that's not what I have to work on a lot. But mostly, I, I'm going to have to say 99% of my clients do. And that's not my gift to teach how to gain more confidence because I don't know how to do that. Would you be able to teach others Caitlin, how to, how you did that, how you worked with your mindset and built your confidence. 
And continue to. Yeah, I mean, I think that hiring a coach was transformational for me. That was really the turning point in my business. And it can be hard to make an investment like that where there's no, especially for someone like me, where I come from the world of finance and, you know, there are always like tangible deliverables and numbers that you can look at. Mm -hmm. So to hire a coach where the outcome isn't tangible, you have to take a leap of faith, but I am so glad that I did. It was the biggest leap of faith that Mm -hmm. I could have I mean, I'm so glad that I took it. It's it's paid off in spades. Yeah. And she really taught me. I mean, one thing that I spend a lot of time doing now is visualizing about the future. And I call it like coffee with myself in five years. So I spend time with myself in five years. And who is that person? Who is that Caitlin? You know, what type of company is she running? You know, it's a multi-million dollar company that has massive impact. Okay, like look around. What does your life look like? How do you spend your time? You know, what are the things that you're saying and doing? And how do your clients feel about you? And so I started spending time doing that visualization and it has had a massive impact on how I run my business today. So many of those things are coming true in such quick fashion. And I'm, I tend to, I'm a spiritual person. So I do believe that, you know, you put things out to the universe and the Mm -hmm. universe is working with you to make those things come true. And I, I was, I caught a um, pretty inspiring break. So I hired that coach and I made $25,000 within two weeks of hiring her simply from the mindset shift. Well, you hired the right coach. I I do have to put that in there because I have also hired coaches and I ended up coaching several of them and that didn't feel good. So you have to really make sure that they're the right coach that can take you to the next level with their, with their skills and their gifts. And I'm so glad you found the right one. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, are you actually someone that people can work with one-on-one? I am. Yes. So I work with all my clients one-on-one. Okay. So, and we'll tell everybody how to, how to get in touch with you, but I, I'm just curious personally, what do you have to have in your backpack to be considered a wealthy woman? So to be considered a wealthy woman, you have to have So essentially, well, to work with me, you don't have to have anything, which makes me different than normal Mm -hmm. wealth managers. I would say the definition of a wealthy woman would be a woman who has choice and the luxury of choice. And in my mind, that means that you have financial freedom. So you would have a portfolio big enough to where the income that portfolio generates can replace your income. Okay. Well, that was a good answer. Now, I know there are people listening to this, Caitlin, and they're they're thinking, well, I want to do this. I want to make sure that I find my passion and I make a profit and I become a wealthy woman that can make a difference. What advice would you give her? So I think, I really think it comes back to hiring the right people. And by that, I mean, two of the biggest changes for me were hiring a coach and joining a mastermind. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. joining a mastermind was also incredibly powerful because I'm surrounded by women that are driven and they keep me motivated to take action. So I used to be somebody who was serious perfectionist. I mean, I would just, I was such a perfectionist that it would paralyze me to the point where I wouldn't do anything. 
Mm-hmm. And being part of a group of women, you start to look around and see no one's really got it completely figured out. Yet these women are taking action anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and being an entrepreneur can be a lonely journey. So I think it's oh, yes. really important to surround yourself with people that are doing things that you want to be doing, that are leading a life that you want to be leading. You know, just like your peers, I mean, spend time with people that you admire. So those two things have been transformational for me. One thing that I wish I did earlier in my career is I wish I got quiet. Mm -hmm. I wish I got Mm -hmm. quiet so that I could actually hear myself and hear what I was passionate about. Because Mm -hmm. working with female entrepreneurs, I... I knew that deep down. I knew in my core that that's what I wanted to do, but it got overshadowed by my conscious thoughts. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I just think if I, if I really took the time to sit down and be quiet and took some space to meditate, the answers would have come to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they did. I had to learn how to take that space. But I also, I deleted social media for two years because I felt like I was spending so much more time focusing outward than I was focusing Mm -hmm. inward. And it was only when I deleted social media and started meditating regularly that the answer started coming to me. You are, you are so wise and so wonderful. I can't tell you that enough. And see, I didn't know you, Caitlin, until today. (laughs) And so I just, I really enjoy this getting to know you. Now, here's, here's what I do at the end of each podcast. I usually give three to five um, golden nuggets that I listen to and that you said, but I got 13 of them from you. So, yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Now you can hear how brilliant that I know you are. And now you'll know how brilliant you are. So number one, begin with the end in mind. Love that. Number two, your business is like your baby, but take it seriously. I I always said, Mm. oh, mine became an ugly teenager. And she sassed me back every day. I hated that business. Number (laughs) three, what, let's see, I, I wrote so fast here. Oh, this is the three pillars you said about and you told us about. It's the business, the financial, and the personal. And I love number four, what outside of work gives you a purpose? Because so many times our business is our entire life, just like it is our baby. And then it becomes an ugly teenager. And so you really do have to pay attention to those three pillars. And thank you for that. Number five, be true to who you are in this male dominated world. See, the thing is, we're still in the male-dominated world. And that doesn't mean that we don't like men. It just means we truly are in a male-dominated world. And we're going to have to step it up someday. Number six, wealthy women enhance their communities. I love when you said that. because, Because that's absolutely the truth. But you cannot do that unless you become wealthy. You become financially free. Number seven, Love this quote. I'll be quoting this again. Never let adversity go to waste. That was so cool that you said that. Number (laughs) eight, it's okay to make money with your mission. Number nine, hire a coach, join a mastermind. Don't do this thing alone. Mm -hmm. Number 10, take care of your mindset because you want to make a bigger impact and you have to have your mindset sharp before you can do that. Number 11, have coffee with yourself, five year, the five-year self from now. I love that. 
You know, you just sit down and you think, well, okay, five years from now, what do you, but even a year from now, what do you want it to be? What do you want the conversation to be? What do you want to be talking about with yourself? That was great. Number 12, a wealthy woman has a choice. And the reason she has a choice is because she has financial freedom. And number 13, get very quiet so you can hear yourself focus inward. Wow. What did you think of her? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I loved it. She was a cool girl. Now, I didn't know if you were a cool girl before we started talking, but now everybody along with myself know that you are. You're one of the cool girls. Oh, Patricia, you are too kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, it's just been a pleasure getting to know Caitlin, and I know it has been for you also. So until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Caitlin, so much. Oh, pleasure. (laughs) Patricia, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. Hey, if you got something out of this, maybe you'd consider sharing it with someone else that you care about. I want to leave you with a secret to success in life and business. Aha, here it is. If you can't share a solution to a problem someone is having, that is true success. Now, maybe these examples might help you. I discovered two major problems that I help solve. I really didn't realize how major they were until I realized no one is teaching this stuff. The first one, of course, goes right back to this podcast. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And that's why I created the digital downloadable course, yourgiftisyourniche.com. I already mentioned it er earlier in the episode. But finally, I came up with another problem that I can solve, and it's how to live a happy, long-lived, lasting marriage. Now, I created a book called The Chosen Few, and I share a hundred tips that myself and others, other long-lived couples, I might say, put together so that you can have a conversation, especially if you're a committed couple. Now, what is the problem you solve? Think about it. Because you might really have something to share with somebody that will change their life forever. We also have a Facebook group. It's free. I'd like you to come on to it because it goes beyond the podcast. It's called When passion meets profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.